0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to True To You Chats with your host, Casey Brown here. Personal trainer, blogger, social media girl. What else do I do? I don't know. Entrepreneur. I wear lots of hats. I like to wear lots of hats. Today, in episode number five, thank you so much for the support through episode one through four, by the way. This is just going to keep getting better and better, and we're just so thankful for all of the support. We love it so much. Today, we are going to chat with my co-host, Sam Brownstring. We are not related. We are not married. We are just BFF, trainer BFFs. Um, Sam is McGill Method Certified Practitioner. Basically, what that means is he is one of the very few people in the U.S. that are certified um, under the McGill Method, and basically, he is a knowledgeable Human on all things low back health and how the low back truly, truly dictates so much of the way our body feels from my upper shoulder to my hip to my knee. A lot of it can come from the low back and the core strength um, in a whole different way than we think of. You know, we kind of put six pack in this title. As a way to show that that's what people think core strength is, but really it is that whole center part of your body that dictates so much of what your body does. So we're so excited to talk about this today. You guys are going to learn so much about the low back health and how you can implement these things into your daily life. I open up about my story in 2020 and how I was putting some injuries, sweeping them under the rug, basically thinking eventually I'll get help or I'll go and get help and I'll get looked at and. I wasn't giving my body any focus. I was just kind of sweeping things under the rug, like I said, and and knowing that eventually they will get better and honestly got to a really bad place with it. And Sam literally came into my life at a perfect time to support me and help me grow and help me get better and realize that this was not a horrible situation. We were able to push through it. He believed in me and I'm just so thankful for this. So we open up about my story, about how you can implement these things into your day-to-day and I hope you guys get something from this. As always, please leave a review below or give us any input on who you'd like to have on the podcast and we will see you in the next episode.
1: That experience made me realize the level of responsibility I have helping people who are in pain because the the clinician was telling me like listen you are now in a a, a position to work with people with crippling pain crippling pain so you need to be cognizant of every single movement that they do and figure out how best you can get them to feel better and i was it is a hundred percent and i was just like i are gonna keep reading. <laughs> right. Clap. Just clap. Just short, sure. right here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, that's better. This is how we're going to start. I start every. I literally, I guess I need to come up with some kind of intro, but I really also think I don't because this is me, really.
1: Yeah, well, you're being true to you. I'm being, well,
0: mm, true to you chats. There you go. With Casey (laughs) and Sam. If you've noticed, our clothing has changed. We, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you watch the clips, I'll post of this. Yeah. My hair is definitely worse than last time. I had a cute little ponytail. Today, we are. A hot locked, bun mess express, locked and loaded. Yeah, okay. Sam dressed up for the occasion. He's in boat shoes. What's up? If you're not seeing up, it in real life, he's in a nice like coral salmon color top mm. with a navy shorts and those dark brown boat shoes. And almost
1: a quad vein.
0: Almost. Wow. Wow. I feel like an adult. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't own those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a quad vein. Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So here we are. Back Part again. two. Me and Sam see each other all the time, so this is kind of fun that we have microphones at <laughs> least getting, one like, of pretend, those <laughs> times. But, like, we don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't like, oh, seen you in a really long time, I seen Sam. You in, like seven hours. Wow. I know. I love it. <laughs> He's not sick of me yet, so this is good.
1: So far, so good. So
0: what happens when your family <laughs> have the same last name? If same people didn't name. catch them in the last one, so <laughs> Sam Brown, not related, not married, just yep. BF trainer BFFs. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked in the last episode. It was like a great first episode, though. Fantastic. I mean, not to shoot my own horn, but I'm just <laughs> saying that because I just realized what that sounded like. But it was, um, we got, I think, more into the like deep side of maybe you, your personality coming out mm-hmm. more over yep. the last couple of months and yep. getting to know you and like the impact you've had on me in that short amount of time. And then... You opened up a little bit too mm-hmm. of things. So that was great. Yeah. Um, Sam and I both realized whenever we were having these sessions where I literally would just like lay there and just decompress and breathe. Um, that he was like, he's like, I'm an empath too. Like we mm. like had this like discovery. And a lot of people I think that are in this industry to if we're just talking fitness industry by itself, right? Like we normally we normally have some type of empathy. To be in this position, you have to. Yeah.
1: You have to care about people to mm-hmm. some extent. Like, you can't be in the business of helping people feel better, move better, be healthier if you don't care <laughs> about that person. Yes. Like, even in the slightest, right? Right. I mean, to be blunt, I'm sure everybody's got clients where they're like, oh, not again just part of the profession but at the end of the day you still genuinely care about like what's going on and like what they're doing and making sure you're doing everything you can for them mm-hmm. so yeah no I, I think it comes with the territory for sure
0: and that was cool to see because it's like like i said before like sam had this like persona i thought right Prickly we realized, like, we both thought, like, different of each other. Like, I, like, sent him a message, and he's like, oh, my God, I messed up in my presentation. And Mm. I'm, like, actually sending him a message to help me. Right. Right? And so, and then, like, my persona of Sam was very different once I saw his webinar and, like, got to know him more. And I was like, damn. Like, there is, you're an onion, and we're peeling back the layers. (laughs) layers. Right? You're peeling back the layers. So one of Sam's layers we're going to talk about today is, how Sam has truly helped me with my low back situation, and maybe offer some insight more into for you all about maybe reevaluating not only the way that you might train yourself, mm-hmm. but maybe like things you could implement with clients. Sure. Or also, and also, or and also—that's story of my life. Nailed it. Or and also, <laughs> that's me. Um. Maybe things that you're having happen with yourself. Sure where someone like Sam could help you with this, right? So, like, right now, Sam's also helping my mom mm-hmm. via, like, well, I think they just talk about life because my mom's a lot like me. And I told Sam that. I warned him. She's I was taller, like, though, right? I'm taller. Oh, I, oh, I was like, oh. I told you ten I, times. I know. I'm taller than my mother. That's the only difference, really. And so they've been working together. She's in Pittsburgh. He's in Rhode Island. And she's been able to get a lot of relief from Sam. Um, excuse me. So, quickly, I just want to touch on – where maybe I was coming from with my symptoms and then for you where like your whole story with like the low back stuff really started. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So like for me, like I was having a lot of, um, I call it sparkles, Mm -hmm. sparkles in my legs. So I would feel it from like the shin down and like the backside of, of my legs. And it really amplified after a long day on my feet, um, I would, uh, basically it lasted for about two and a half years. Um, I had my to different degrees. Some days I wouldn't notice it. Time. It's a very long time. It's a
1: long time. If something doesn't feel right.
0: The issue though, that I think a lot of people could agree with mm-hmm. is that I was afraid mm-hmm. to face maybe what it was. I had no idea what it was, to be honest, because you shouldn't be Googling things because you will scare yourself. Yeah. really bad and Sam knows this cuz yep. I came to him like crying and I was like I've just looked up so many things that I don't think I have a parasite it's a parasite it's definitely what it's it is parasite. I yeah. literally could have believed anything yep. and when you in in my first episode when I'm talking about what I've discovered with myself is I pick up symptoms of other people mm-hmm. so if someone around me is feeling sick ever since I was a kid someone around me is feeling sick or if they said oh I don't feel good I instantly didn't feel good. Yeah. I instantly thought I was going to get whatever they had. Yep. I instantly like had a headache, felt mm-hmm. nauseous. Um, it is a normal thing. I have found whenever you are an empath, you pick up on what people feel. So if I read something and it describes something that yeah, is yeah, I got that. It's what I, I got have. That. And it, I will feel it. Yeah, I will feel it. And it's insane where we can get, not, we are insane, but it's insane. The level that we can get to in our own brains, because then you're throwing in, you know, anxiety and you're throwing in all of this other stuff. And it, together, it was just like a built up explosion inside my body. Mm-hmm. And it was putting things to the curb. I'll get there. I'll get to my issues when I get there. I'll put them under the rug. I'm busy. I'm fine. This is fine. Normal. This is all fine. Right? thought it was normal. I, that was, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to have this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety did such a tailspin during quarantine where I was... Left in my house with my thoughts, with my symptoms, Mm -hmm. with feeling like I had no team of support to help me. But the issue was I never reached out. Right. Then Sam does his webinar. Yes. And I'm like, oh, could this be. This
1: grumpy guy over here. No,
0: could. (laughs) Yeah, this grumpy guy. Could this, these symptoms Mm -hmm. be from my back? And as a trainer, I was kind of like, you should know this, Casey. But at the same time, like. We don't know a lot of this stuff. They didn't teach me anything Sam has done with me. I literally did not learn, like, Mm -hmm. getting to be a a trainer. And that's what goes to show you should do extra things. You should get a little bit, you know, outside of your bubble, right? To be fair, there are doctors
1: that don't know this.
0: Exactly. So I go to Sam, and then we'll let Sam take it away from here. Sure.
1: So a little bit about my low back history is I stumbled upon a few years ago – the work of Dr. Stuart McGill. It's Dr. Stuart McGill, if you don't know, leading most expert on the lumbar spine, uh, professor or former professor at Waterloo, uh, I believe university up in Canada. What's that all about? Right? See, wow. nailed it. Oh, that was good. <laughs> um, so he has had, I think, like thirty or thirty-five years of lumbar spine research. He is the place to go when you're talking about the lumbar spine. So. Um, a few years ago, I had an athlete um, who had a lower back injury. He was a baseball player. He dove for a ball, and I call it scorpion. So his legs ended up coming over the back of his head.
0: I think he did it on the trampoline one time. Yeah, and
1: it's horrifying. Right? Yes, yeah, so, there's a picture somewhere. At le- <laughs> so he was suffering bad. He could barely move let alone walk without pain, I mean, let alone even play anything, right? So he was in a bad, bad place. So I was like, how in the heck, like, how am I going to help this guy? So I started looking up the lumbar spine. I'm looking up all this information. I keep seeing this name, Dr. Stuart McGill, Dr. Stuart McGill, over and over and over and over and over. So I just jump right in. So I have, <laughs> I have a tendency of if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to like, the nth degree Same. like whatever i'm gonna do is like i'm gonna just go just jump right in mm-hmm. um so i buy a couple of his books i start doing a lot of reading i find out that he has worked with a world-class powerlifter his name is brian carroll took him so it, the book they wrote together is called the gift of injury you should take take a look at that and they wrote it as they brought brian Back from a tremendous, like I believe his sacrum split in half, which it's not supposed to do that. So he would squat over a thousand pounds in competition over fifty times, and I believe he split his sacrum in half. He had a couple of herniated discs, a few bulging. Di- it was a. It looked like the doctor told them, I believe, I don't want to quote this wrong, that it looked like he got into a car wreck. Looking at that X-ray. So reading the story about all the things they did that led him from unable to move to competing again in only a a relatively short amount of time. I think it was like a couple of years start to finish. And it blew my mind. I was like, how? How can all of this happen? So I dove deeper and deeper and deeper. Finally, about a year or two ago, I realized that Dr. McGill had a certification course. So I'm like, okay, cool. There's only one in the United States. Okay, cool. It's like in three weeks in Buffalo, New York. I was like, okay, cool. It's not cheap. Okay, cool. Like the universe was like, this is your opportunity. Scares the hell out of you. You better do it. Mm -hmm. So I spent a a lot of money. A lot of money. And it was five days up in just blisteringly beautiful buffalo new york
0: we almost lived there
1: in march
0: yeah
1: chilly mm. chilly yeah. um i actually injured my meniscus a week before that so i was limping in buffalo new york on the snow and ice and it was super beautiful. great um so i go to buffalo i sit down day one i'm looking around and i see name tags and i see doctor doctor Doctor, doctor, doctor of chiropractics, doctor of physical therapy, and I'm like looking around, and I was like, look at mine. It goes strength coach, coach. and I'm like, I'm in the right room, right, (laughs) right, right room. So, day one, unbelievable. Like all, all the days were unbelievable, but the first uh, three we're all very clinical. And that's a hundred percent what I thought at the time out of my scope of practice. I was like, this isn't my jam. Like I don't, this is not my realm, but I jumped right in. Cause I was like, I need to know a lot of this stuff. So we get split up into small groups and I'm I don't know if they did this on purpose, but like, I don't know if I just did, like, we attracted each other. I was in a group with the only other strength coach in the room. I don't know if it was like, We were both wearing the same color sweatpants. Like, I have no idea what it was. They're
0: like, we're going to put you two together. They're like, you guys
1: look beefy. (laughs) Like, over here. (laughs) So, uh, he's actually my buddy now. His name is Clem. He's, I think, the head of uh, strength and conditioning for Team Canada Tennis. Ooh. Stud. Hi, Clem. Stud. Yeah. He's phenomenal. So, first three days, very clinical. Last day, they brought Brian Carroll in. I'm, like, such a fanboy. Like, like he's in my world. He's a strength athlete. I know exactly who he was. He wrote for Elite FTS. I love Elite FTS stuff. I write for their website as well. And it's like, oh my goodness, like this is the coolest thing ever. So we're in a gym, right? Day four, we're in a gym. Now it's the practical side of things. Mm. And Brian picks me out of the crowd. I'm wearing an Elite FTS sweatshirt. He goes, come on up here. And I teach the entire room how to deadlift in front of McGill, in front of Brian Carroll, who is world record holder, in front of all these doctors and And I'm like Sam
0: poops his pants. And
1: I I have these pictures. I still have these pictures of me teaching in front of this entire room of people how to utilize these exercises to help someone come back from a low back injury. And I'm like, panic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But
1: it was just like a blur. A total blur. So I get home. Now I'm not I'm not certified by any means. I just took the classes. So now I have to do the certification. Certification is essentially a Zoom call before it was cool. <laughs> that <laughs> right? was
0: before it, yeah. So
1: I work with a, a doctor who is part of the system, part of BackFit Pro, and we go through this assessment. And I have to have a, uh, a client, right? So I'm working with a client, and she just starts throwing wrenches and things. Oh, this hurts when they do this. This hurts when they do this. It's like, I was sweating so hard. For three hours, four hours? It was, in t- it was super intense. Right. And I don't know if I pass. I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm just, like, freaking out. And she goes, you did so good. You passed. And I'm like, ha, huh, panic. Like, like, the world just, like, explodes in color. Like, everything is trainers fantastic. trainers, too,
0: understand when you go into a session, right? And Mm. you have everything planned. And like, I'm a planner. I write all my stuff down, right? Like everything's written down. My book today, I left at a client's house. Mm -hmm. She dropped it off at the gym for me because I was like, I need my book so bad. I can come up with things on the spot. Totally. We have that in us, but I personally program for each person separately because I want them to get the most out of their session. They're all individual. Yeah. So when you go with an idea and then someone throws at you, like, you know what, that kind of hurts when I do that. Or, you know what, Mm, I'm not, I don't really like it. You think they're going to like nail it and then they don't. And you're like, thinking on your feet is such a learned practice. Like you get better at it, obviously, when you get thrown stuff like that.
1: I felt as if I was in a blender. I was just like, I don't know what way is up. And it's like a washing machine. Like I don't know where I, but like it was like, all right, let's just rely on what we've learned, rely on how – to help this person and it, and it worked out but that experience made me realize the level of responsibility I have helping people who are in pain because the the clinician was telling me like listen you are now in a, in a, in a position to work with people with crippling pain crippling pain so you need to be cognizant of every single movement that they do and figure out how best you can get them to feel better. It's a responsibility. It is a hundred percent, and I was just like, I'm gonna keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn right? more. I was like, I'm just gonna keep learning yeah. things, right? So, but it, it's that. So, long story short, is when I was working with you, I understood a lot of the mechanics of what causes certain injuries in the lumbar spine, right? Like, again, I am not a doctor by any chance. I don't deal with the structure of things. I just deal with what is presented to me, ranges of motion, how things feel, right? How to get the most function out of a body, right? So when you were telling me these things, I'm going through this mental checklist of like, it could be this, could be this, could be this. And then we go through an assessment. It's ours, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was Uh, in
0: there for a while and we were sweating.
1: Sweat, right? (laughs) Right? And I would say like a, a lot of Dr. McGill's findings come from these provocative tests. He calls them provocative because it's like, Yeah. If we find the things like that impact you and are, are impacting your health, it's like they're going to hurt, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like we're, we're trying to figure out your active ranges and your what you can do during this two-, three-hour assessment. And it's like we're, we're writing the story, right? You're living it. I'm trying to absorb it, understand it, and look at it with the purview of – McGill and everything I know about that area and be like, what can we do? What do we think it is? Like, I'm not diagnosing anything. No. But I am like, it could be this. Let's could be this. The These day are the-
0: we met yeah. was the first time in what, like two, two and a half years, mm-hmm. that I actually took a sigh of relief Mm -hmm. because up to the meeting with Sam, I had like been to neurologists and been and had all these needles all through me, like literally everywhere again, like because Mm. I needed concrete answers. I'm a very black and white person. Like I Mm. need to see the x-ray. I need to see whatever it is in front of me for me to believe that I'm okay. Absolutely. Because, that's the like anxiety empath brain that I have. Mm-hmm. And I don't always get relief when doctors tell me things are okay. Yeah, I just don't get relief. Cause I'm, I'm so like, Oh, well this could have, this could happen. Right. Yeah. So when I came to you, I had had all those tests done. Everything came back clear. You're good. We think it's structural. We think something's going on. Then I go to the chiropractor. I, I, went to a different chiropractor that, that I knew through somebody else mm-hmm. that really believed, like when I had met them out of the blue, he was like, I can help you. We do x-rays when you walk in, we do foot scans. We, so it's okay to one, ask for help sure. Two maybe go somewhere different. And mm-hmm. I love the guy I was going to, if he listens to this, love you so much. But I, I think that, just a different that perspective. I think that that right? person got brought into my life at that time for a reason. And then mm-hmm. this one got brought into my life for this reason. And so I started going and he was optimistic about we can we can get you feeling better. That's the that's the thing. That's what made me for the first time feel. Oh, my gosh. Like Sam gave me this like hope that I was totally not having. Like I had I was hopeless. Horrifying. And it's scary. And I'm not saying that to be dramatic. Like when my anxiety and I got to the point that I did, I was hopeless. I thought my job was over. My Mm -hmm. life was over. This is what's going to happen. Here's my future more negative than I normally am and then Sam gave me like dude we got this like we can do this and the chiropractor was like with coupling Sam's knowledge which and we'll go into like what specifics maybe weaknesses people deal with like in their low back but for me you know going into that and being like nothing's gonna work and then having two people that are like we totally got this yeah coupling in you know going to a therapist coupling in going to acupuncture like starting to put myself First, in my body, first, right, was a complete life changer for myself. And I think,
1: I mean, that was one of the biggest points that I tried to make that first day. Is like, listen, this is like, this is your body. This is your suit, right? We need to, we need to make sure that we're doing everything you can, right? Right. And it's so easy to put it on the back burner because you're like, oh, no, this is this is fine. It's like that mm-hmm. dog sitting at the desk with the room on fire. Just like this is fine. Exactly everything's what fine. You said it was. Yeah, like, I was
0: like, everything's on fire behind. You're me. like, no, know,
1: my legs are sparkly. They just always do that. Yeah. It's like,
0: no, pain's not normal. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And I had had an MRI because yeah. I like again, I got tests done. I wanted to make sure like everything where we were at and my MRI was like, yep, you have a pinched nerve and you've got a bulging disc in your lower like your lower lumbar. But the
1: thing is with with MRIs, too that can be really debilitating for people is that they think they are their MRI, right? right? I don't know what the exact number is, and I'm not going to try to guess, but there is a percentage of people walking around everyday life, asymptomatic, having bulging discs, having all sorts of issues, right? So that image or that MRI is a snapshot in time. It does not say if you are symptomatic or have any pain or even, I have clients who are seeing me for their low back and their MRI is clear. They can't see anything. Like the, the everybody who reads their MRI, I don't read MRIs because it's not my jam.
0: Right. They
1: <laughs> come to you with what they said. Right. And I'm like, and they're like, no, they, they said my MRI is fine, but my back hurts. Uh-huh. And it's like, you're not making that up. The there is always thing a cause. I
0: had no back pain. Right, Because every time I went into – like when I went into the MRI location, the nurse that took me in was like, all right, so we're having some low back pain. I was like, actually, no. no. Like it was yes. more of like I'm feeling Symptoms other down things. The yeah, yeah, like other things are happening. And and so that was one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Sam was like, you know, you hear – we just talked about this the other day, core strength. Yes. So maybe talk about what people think core strength is and what core strength actually is.
1: Yeah, so – when talking about the core or the trunk, right? Most people think, "Oh, six-pack abs, I'm going to do some sit-ups." It's like that's not necessarily the job of the core, right? The core is the muscles on the front. We're not going to get too sciencey here, right? So, muscles on the front of your stomach, the sides, and your back, right? So, it's everything from your shoulders to your hips is your core. And the idea is people train it they just kind of train it the wrong way, right? They're they're training the movement of the muscle as opposed to the function of the muscle the function of the core is to stabilize so if you're training for example the exercises that we like to do are anti-movements so we're trying to resist movement of the core front plank side plank bird dogs we i'm sure you're sick of bird dogs
0: i've been doing bird dogs for four <laughs> effing months i'm over it I was like, and you are and
1: you are we and we need just to move on
0: from bird and dogs, we please.
1: and we just met again and you have i You've graduated because now you can move functionally in those ranges of motion and stabilize your core, right?
0: And I'm pumped.
1: So the whole idea of core training with like sit-ups or, you know, the lumbar spine does not like to move, especially under load, right? So we need to stabilize that lumbar spine 360 degrees by learning how to brace, learning how to properly utilize the musculature in that core which is the front, the sides, and the back, which people forget about Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the time, Mm -hmm. to make sure that lumbar spine is safe and locked in, right? Movement should come from the thoracic spine, so the part above the lumbar spine, the middle of the back, as well as the hips. So those should be mobile. They should be mobile, they should be stable, but the movement should not be coming from that lower back. So I think for most people that their core is not strong enough or they lack the mobility and stability, north and south of that lumbar spine, that movement is coming from somewhere. And that lumbar spine, if that starts twisting, especially under load, you can run into some issues and and pain, right?
0: And what we were saying was when I first started telling people, like, oh, like they were checking in on me, like, how are you doing? You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel good. I got this team, right? Like, I got Absolutely. Sam. I got the chiropractor. I got the therapist. I am building a team and yep. I'm putting myself first so that 100%. I can take care of other people. Um, But it's very interesting when I said to them, you know, I'm doing a lot of core work and they yeah. all, and it's not anything, they're not trainers. And I, I'm sure like I would have said the same thing like months ago, but they were like, Oh come on! Like your core is strong, and I'm like, actually my core is weak AF. Like I. So
1: what's funny is it's your, so core, funny right your core, specifically, it wasn't weak. You were just unstable, this and that's and that is such a big difference, right? A huge difference because if I was like, hey, do crunches, you be like, yeah, I'll do a hundred.
0: But that's why people right? thought, oh, you can't. It can't be your core, Casey. You right. teach X classes a week. You you demo these on Instagram. Like yeah. you got a strong core, which I can do a v-up and be okay where some people might not be able to but i'm saying like that doesn't correlate to my core stabilizing my body
1: so we were looking to stabilize your lumbar spine but also stabilize that pelvis right because yes if your pelvis is unstable you're going to find issues again north and south of that area and a lot of the times like a tight adductor can tell me hey your pelvis is unstable right so like tight hamstrings same thing your pelvis could be unstable if your pelvis is unstable, it means we need to work on stability in that core. So that's where it all kind of comes from, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can't stabilize your lumbar spine, there's going to be too much movement around that lumbar spine. And it does not like it.
0: And I have been told for years from all the chiropractors I've been to, um, I have a very hypermobile lum- like lower lower back. Like which f- would Yeah, which I screams can,
1: like, you need to be stable.
0: 100%. I can like yeah. tilt you know, my pelvis super easy. I can like go in circles. I can go back and forth. Like it is very mobile. I can, (laughs) I wish I could like twerk better. I can't, maybe I need to work on that, but I I need to, I I need to use it to my advantage. But, um, but no, so I, that was always something I had, but wow, was that carrying over into areas of like, when I would squat, my low back would bother me when I, would, and I thought my form was good. Quote unquote, I wasn't, you know, butt winking at the bottom. I wasn't like over, you know, pressing out my hips and having a shelf when I was doing my squats, but it did. I also wasn't bracing properly. I wasn't, I had no, uh, structure like these moves that Sam gave me. I was like, Why can't I do it? Like I was because the athlete in me was like, you got this. It's a simple bird dog squeezing, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And my body would be shaking. So what do you what do you find for most people is are like their basic needs when it comes to like having a stable like, what is stability to you? Like, yeah. what does so, that look like for the average person that's like, well, shit, maybe I need to be a little more stable. So just,
1: <laughs> just to kind of preface this, like, if you have any sort of low back pain or something, like, I, I would never be able to be like, oh, it's totally this, right? Just right. Like, it always starts with an assessment. Disclaimer. The, disclaimer. Always starts with an assessment. And there's no such thing as, like, an overarching 100% answer for everybody. But I do like to see, like, oh, so st- stability for me. Stability right. is your ability to resist force, right? Um, one of the things that I'm actually learning in one of my classes now, Ooh, shout out yes, Dr. Yes, Jordan yes. Shallow, um, is stability is one of those factors that people don't train. They go right from mobility into strength. And they're like, I don't know why you have to keep stretching all the time. It's like, well, because you're not working out. You're, your joints are not stable. Your hips are not stable. Your pelvis is not stable. And therefore your body does not like to go into those new ranges because it's unsafe. It's like, nah, man, like you can stretch all you want and you'll be like, yeah, I feel good. And then you go like squat or something without doing any sort of stability work or working on those new ranges that you've opened up and you won't keep them (laughs) more or less, right? Like it just, it's not going to be something that sticks because we're talking like nervous system level here. We're not just talking structure. We're not just talking muscles, tendons, bones, whatever. It's, your nervous system is involved in everything you're doing it's the computer for your body right your your muscles do what your nervous system tells them to do right so we need to send the signal the right way through that joint through that muscle through that whatever we're doing to make sure that it's fire that your muscles are firing correctly and they're firing in the right pattern and it's going the path of least resistance right so the idea is for stability for most people to bring it right back to that stability is you need to think about your core as almost like a suit of armor right you want to be able to resist your body rotating around that lower back right so what you'll probably end up finding is very simple front planks if you can't do them correctly or if you can't do them for x amount of time there's not really an x amount of time Mm -hmm. but like if you're finding that you're struggling and shaking you're lacking stability. Um, Again, side planks, again, same thing. If you can't do side planks for any extended period of time, you you may be lacking some of that core and pelvic stability. Um, Bird dogs, anti-rotation exercises. If you can't resist your body from rotating, you may need to start working that as well. So that looks like, I don't know, for the trainers listening, like Palov presses or bird dogs or farmer's carries or things that force your body that they want to move and you're not allowing it to, right? Right.
0: And you think that as trainers that don't have your like certification expertise in the low back, are there like maybe like one to two things you think they could implement with their clients that might just be beneficial in general? Yeah, well, I think
1: the first thing is to have a conversation with them, right? And be like, hey, how do you feel all the time? Like not just now in this moment, like figure out their story. Like, if you can figure out, like, hey, yeah, my low back hurts when I do this. It's like, okay, well, let's kind of unpack that and figure out, like, what are the habits that they have outside of the gym? Because they're outside of the gym far more than they're inside the gym. Mm -hmm. If you can help them kind of fine tune their habits outside the gym, you're going to have a greater impact than, like, the two, three, four hours you see them during the week, right? Right. So I would say the number one tip would be just have a conversation, understand who you're working with, what sort of issues they may have in their daily life and how you can help them feel better right um so and then on top of that is i would start incorporating a lot of those anti-movements right just very simple you even start with front plank side plank or dog mm-hmm. right give that a go um dr mcgill has a version of a curl up which is for even uh, a, a more of a novice really
0: I mean, freaking hard it is it's surprisingly casey could right? not do them yeah
1: absolutely so it, it's it's all about building that stability, for sure. Um, it it goes a long way because what you'll notice is that their ability to stabilize their core and their pelvis will lead to them being more efficient at other things they're doing, right? And just as another side note, is like, okay, if you see a client squatting with form that you don't really like, It's like there's probably a reason that their form isn't where it's supposed to be or you see their knees coming in. You see their knees coming in, let's regress, right? Don't be afraid to put them in situations that are taxing for their body that they don't require a ton of load. It's not about just throwing more weight on the bar. It's not about throwing. giving them a heavier kettlebell. I can make the majority of people sweat with a 15 or 20-pound kettlebell working on stability, working on balance, working on all these things, that will eventually, over the course of time, lead them to a healthier, more stable, more mobile, more structurally functional body, right? right? I know we hear function a lot, but function is what happens in your body when you breathe and when you walk, right? That's function. It's not like standing on a Bosu ball. It's not jumping around. It's, it's walking and breathing, right? So we need to be able to perform those things correctly, and then we can expand to bigger and better things because... If you have a client that can't stand on one leg, why are they squatting with two?
0: Right. So <laughs> two things, right? One, um, oh my gosh, one, oh, you can, duh, I had two, and then the other one took over. Okay, edit that. You can, yeah, shoot. <laughs> normally, I can multitask my thoughts. Um, you can tell a lot. So if you don't have a ton of time, like when I worked at uh, you know other places like at Fitness Quest Ten, we had a whole uh, assessment when they walked in, you may, each client did, you know, all of these different assessments, not always do you have that much time with your clients. Um, and so for me, something that I like to screen them quote unquote with, if you have your client do a bird dog, just not like an arching low back bird dog, like a good bird dog, squeezing, punching, having their heel pressing back in that position and hold it. You will be able to assess them, in my opinion, very easily. Because I have clients who can hex bar deadlift, beautiful weight. They're in their 60s, right? Mm-hmm. They can hex bar deadlift. But if I have them go down into, or had them go down into a bird dog in the beginning, we were all over the place. We were, yeah. the stability was not there. Yeah. So it's like maybe starting then with a kettlebell, maybe mm-hmm. starting in. So there's nothing wrong with taking ownership of you being the expert because they're coming Absolutely. to you for help.
1: You know, there's actually another assessment that I learned from Dr. McGill and Brian Carroll. Uh, it's called the pen test. So Sounds hard. It's You'll be surprised. Because <laughs> it sounds easy So hard. as they are coming in, uh, signing their waiver, whatever, drop the pen on the ground. Say, oh, can you pick that up for me? Ooh. And then once you see how they pick that up, you're like, okay, because yes. they are what they repeatedly do right? So if your client bends down, picks it up like a bend and snap from, what was that? (laughs) Lili Blunt. Lili Blunt. right? And you're like, ooh, that wasn't great. Now, you know, like they're, they don't initially use their hips. They don't hinge properly. They're not bracing properly. So if you, yes, they can look good for a a few reps at the gym, but if you have all those reps at home, where they're bending over like a, jackass right right? (laughs) to put it on this one we're putting the e on that i think (laughs) (laughs) but that's more telling than what they do necessarily in the gym for a formal assessment because when i hear formal assessment i'm like okay go time here we go Mm -hmm. we're gonna ace this thing Mm -hmm. but if the assessment starts when they walk out of their car watch them how they get out
0: of the car Sam, right yelled not yelled at me but like yelled when the first day we met I bent down to my bag to like pick something up and you were like um excuse me I go what did we
1: just go over what did
0: we just do yeah you're you did not brace your core you did not like literally the thing the way we do things every day pick up their if you have children picking up your kids off the floor like there are ways that we can make our back not hate us yeah but we just are so in that routine of the way we pick things up put them down whatever
1: and I learned uh from McGill himself, he was saying that we have a piggy bank of movement. So what we want to think about is when we move well, we're putting a quarter in, quarter in, quarter in, right? So we're we're adding it up. It's like, oh yeah, we're building up that good quality movement, right? When we move like a jerk, we take a dollar out. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you don't have
1: enough in that piggy bank of quality movement, you are just working in a, you're working in a negative, right? You're going bankrupt. And that's what pain is, right? Pain is When your body cannot take what's been going on, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Repetitive movements over and over again. It's that
1: tissue, there's tissue tolerance, but it's also nervous system, stability, right? Like there's a lot of things going on when you, when you hurt yourself, but most of the time it's because there was an imbalance between what you were doing and what your body could handle. So if you see it's like if you do the pen test and all of a sudden they pick it up like i don't know what they would pick it up like and it's just it looks like a dog crapping over a fence
0: right and it's
1: just like oh okay because it's not what they do with you in the gym it's what they do when you're not there true because that's 10,000 reps 20,000 reps of doing something poorly versus the 100 that they do with you right
0: wow so true though. Now Absolutely. I'm going to start dropping all the pens well, on the floor. It, you watch
1: it and people would just be like, like, just bent, like all crazy. Yes. And it's like, wow, that's not good for you.
0: So <laughs> then to piggyback off of that, right? So I want to make sure I touched on this was when we're talking about low back health or these symptoms you might be having or these like, you know, feelings of you're like, eh, something's off. Right. Yeah. I was blown away. By the, I knew that breath was so important Mm -hmm. for calming the nervous system in general. It's something that I miss anxiety need to always work on. And it's very frustrating because Mm -hmm. it's not like I can just pick something up and put it over my head and be like, look, I did it. You actually have to like, it is for me, the hardest thing to do Mm -hmm. is work on breath work. Because it takes time, it takes patience, it takes effort, and everyone wants to be told something very simple to do. I want to do a bird dog. I'd rather bird dog all day than have to breathe. Right. So when Sam had me come in and he was like, I just want you to lay on your stomach and decompress your low back, for mm-hmm. me it felt really nice, right, to Absolutely. lay on my stomach and decompress my low back that way. Yep. And then it was belly breaths. And it was taking these big breaths in. And we did uh, an assessment before that where, like, my range of motion was, like, not good. And then we did all these belly breaths. And all of a sudden, like, I could – I'm not range of motion. My resistance to you, my stability. Yeah. Um, He would, like, go to press my arm down, and it, like, went right down. Absolutely. I take five big inhales, belly breath to my belly button, expanding the rib cage. It actually hurt because my ribs were so freaking tight because I don't – like, my anxiety ribs, we'll call them, or, like – are locked and loaded well, right your whole to body pretend. is locked yeah my whole body kind of locked and
1: <laughs> when you get stressed out because it's totally that's what your body does your body just want like so parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system right so parasympathetic is that rest and digest that's where everything's kind of relaxed and loose and moving better sympathetic is when you're in fight or flight it's like you're getting chased by a bear Right? Your body doesn't know the difference between, oh, wow, I just got into a car accident, or oh, wow, a bear is chewing on my leg. like It's just <laughs> stress. It's stress is stress Ouch. is stress. <laughs> right? But also, when you're training, when you're exercising, like, that's also stress. This is just controlled stress over and over and over. For someone like Casey, and blowing you up right now, Do it. is like, okay, I'm going to go from a heightened stressful situation of dealing with a room full of people, corralling them, like their cats. Totally impossible. Shout out to everybody that's in your group classes. But it's my a, teacher side comes it's out. It's a high stress said. environment.
0: Right. Even right. though it's a good environment. It's a but, good, it's, absolutely. but It's a high but it's, good it's stress.
1: It's absolutely. But then you go, you know what? I'm gonna work out now. Now your body's still in this sympathetic state where it's like
0: fight or flight, fight or, we're fighting or flighting right now. Right? Birds on birds on my leg, <laughs> birds chewing my leg, yeah. a bird's chewing. <laughs> <during my> <laughs>
1: Right. So like now now you're training and your body has not had a chance to relax yet because you're still now you throw coffee in. Right. Ah, So now you're even higher. So good. So now you're just like sympathetic, 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 sympathetic. And you're training like this doesn't feel good. Then you get pissed and you do it more Mm. because you're just like, yeah, you know what? That hurt. Maybe it won't hurt if I add more weight to it. (laughs) Right. Like so I see it and you're like that hurt more, but maybe wouldn't do it again. Like I just see, I, I just knew who I was dealing with. Ah, I'm so very reading
0: me like a book, right?
1: But the idea is, like, if you do not let yourself breathe appropriately, <sighs> right? Big belly breast, diaphragmatic breathing, that sends a signal to your brain: Hey, 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 hey! No, the uh, wild beaver that just attacked you is gone. We're safe. Or birds. We're safe. Wild birds. Bird. Yeah, chewing <laughs> on your legs. The, the whole idea is that it, you just didn't give your body a chance to relax, didn't give your body a chance to cool down. You were just hot all the time. Hot all day.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's in, so to wrap this part up, because I think, I mean, Sam's just going to keep coming back on because we're just <laughs> going to happen. I think I want to, one, I want us to do a QA. I want people sure. to reach out with questions, especially after they get to know you. They're going to want to ask you questions. Sure. Um, and obviously, Sam can't. You know, diet. Well, he doesn't diagnose, anyways. But you know, can't tell you exactly what to do for you. Yeah. But like, can get can can be able to maybe answer some like basic questions. Maybe yeah, you work absolutely. with someone who, you know, when they lunge, they lose their balance or they can't hold their bird dog. What are some tips Sam could give you? Like, there's so many things I think we could really touch on. Absolutely. Um, this 100%. is kind of like that initial. Yeah, we
1: just want to help people, right? If I can, if I can help anybody, I will. I would love to do that.
0: Yeah. He's awesome, guys. Um, so we'll talk about this again, though, because we want to wrap it up here. But we'll talk about this again because, I, again, I want to have a QA. and I want more. Um, Sam truly has helped me so much. Even even me, him helping me realize my instability and what I can do better that has now, like, drastically changed my life. Pretty just awesome. saying. Which is awesome. Um, but I also put the work in. Like, it takes my work, too, to put this in to for it to work and be better um but also now i'm noticing my clients and how i'm able to help them That's more what
1: now you can't unsee it i
0: can't unsee it now yeah it's seen yeah and now i'm like wow okay we are all some some unstable uns- or unstable why am i getting it confused I think it's unstable both unstable instable, unstable wicked not stable wicked not stable <laughs> these rhode island people wicked not stable humans all yeah. around us yeah. and we all can work on it so i think that like that's where we'll cut this one sure next one we'll get into maybe a little bit of a q a we'll
1: get into the weeds a little get bit get
0: into the weeds everybody so Perfect. catch sam at at sam brown strength that's what I taught. When I leave him voice memos, I go, hi, at Sam Brownstring. Because that's what I have him in my phone as. So. Well,
1: that's the only thing that exists. Yeah. It,
0: it's the only it. thing that exists. It's only how you exist. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And hopefully next time we got some questions coming in and we'll be able to have a nice Q&A with the Browns. All right. Not related, uh, yeah. not married, just BFFs.
1: Now we have to end it like we end all voice memos.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>